this morning regarding the idea, the thought of faith. How is your faith this morning? Though we know we're in the face of trying times, your faith is required of our great God based on the evidence that God has given to us. This is a great opportunity for us to uh, train, to retrain ourselves again as men are in homes now leading uh, your families in worship to step up, man, right, for this opportunity that God has given to us. Uh, you know, in great um, tragedy, like you read Acts chapter 8, the persecution of the church, uh, though they were persecuted, uh, they came out and evangelized the whole world. So let's use this as an opportunity for us to evangelize the whole entire world, to make this very positive and to bring glory and honor to our great God. Let's go to our great God in prayer. Heavenly Father, we praise your holy divine name and thank you. We thank you for blessing us and for keeping us, for strengthening us and for loving us. We thank you for your kindness and your compassion, for your mercy, your care, and your grace. Hallowed be your great and amazing name. Lord God, we ask that you will bless us this morning as we worship you. Praying that our worship will be pleasing and acceptable in your sight. Thank you for allowing us, Lord God, to see your greatness, that regardless of where we are, we understand that the building is not the church, but rather the people. That right now your people are scattered, Lord God, throughout the world, worshiping you this day. Thank you for this opportunity and this great unity. Help us to continue in our unity and service to you, that today our worship will be pleasing and acceptable in your sight and in accordance to your will and your way. Thank you for Jesus, your great Son, who provided this opportunity by coming and dying so willingly that we might live. These things we thank you for and pray in that wonderful, magnificent, most awesome, holy, and precious name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ to be thy will. Amen. This morning we are going to conclude our lesson series uh, on a never that is forever. We started out with contentment because contentment is, is critical. It's very important to understand uh, the true value of of contentment. Um, we start in Hebrews 13 and we look at verse 5 and the Bible is clearly says that your character be free from the love of money, being content with what you have. He himself has said, I will never desert you nor will I ever forsake you. Uh, and then verse 6 goes on to say, so we may confidently say, the Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. What shall man do to me? Please turn to Romans uh, chapter 8 this morning. Nothing will stop the good pleasure of God upon His children, upon His people. The depth of the promises of God come as God's children learn to be content in the state that we are in until better things come our way or until, if you will, uh, the end of our life on this earth comes our way. God is telling us that we have nothing ever to worry about. Romans 8 and verse 35, the Bible says, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, or distress, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or pearl, or sword? Just as it is written, For thy sake we are being put to death all day long. We were considered as sheep to be slaughtered. But in all these things we overwhelmingly conquer through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor 
any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Turn please to Joshua chapter 1. God makes it clear that not even Satan has the ability to separate us from the love, or should I say, the great love that God has for his people. We have nothing to worry about. We have nothing to fear, for God is holding us in the hollow of his hand. In Joshua 1 and verse 5, the Bible says, No man will be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Just as I have been with Moses, I will be with you. I will not fail you or forsake you. And so we have this evidence. Turn to Isaiah 41, please. We have this evidence before us that we can look back at the life of Joshua and Moses and Abraham and all the great prophets and people of God and see that God never left them, nor had God ever forsaken them. God was with them. And now God speaks to Israel in Isaiah 41 and verse 8. And he says, But you, Israel, my servant, Jacob, whom I have chosen, descendant of Abraham, my friend, you whom I have taken from the ends of the earth and called from its remotest parts and said to you, you are my servant. I have chosen you and not rejected you. Do not fear, for I am with you. Do not anxiously look about you, for I am your God. I will strengthen you, surely I will help you. Surely I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. And then Psalm 37. Psalm 37. Our faith is increased by the greatness of God. As we look back at the Bible and we see God's work and God's action and interaction with humans and God's blessings and God's mercy and God's care and God's love, we can look back and say, oh, I understand what it means when God says I will never leave you nor forsake you. But we're going to find in the New Testament, God takes it yet even a step further. Psalm 37 and verse 25. David says, I have been young and now I am old. And yet I have not seen the righteous forsaken or his descendants begging bread. Turn back to Hebrews, please. Chapter 13 and verse 5. David says, in all the wars that he fought, and all the struggles that he witnessed, David said, I've been young. Now I'm old. And I've never seen the righteous forsaken or begging right. In Hebrews 13, God gives us even, if you will, a greater promise. Verse 5 says, Let your character be free from the love of money, being content with what you have, for he himself has said, I will never desert you, nor will I ever forsake you. So in this text, there's this, the Greek word for never, ume. And, and in the text, uh, God is explaining something to us. But, he, but the English language is very difficult sometimes to translate a passage from, from word to word. And so this, this Greek word is one of those words, uh, ume, that is difficult to translate from word to word. And, and so let me just, if I could, give you an understanding of what the actual text is, is rendering uh, to us. There, there are five uh, uh, negatives in, in this passage, this very short uh, sentence here. And, and these are connected with, with two verbs and also a pronoun twice repeated. So what does all that really mean? When you look at the text, you'll find that what God is saying to us has a lot more depth 
or meaning, as in other passages as well, than, than just saying, I will never leave you nor will I ever forsake you. What, what God is trying to say to us in this passage, uh, if you will, what it may look like if you were to grammatically uh, try to put this into a sentence structure, it, it may sound like this. Let me give you five uh, suggestions, if you will, and I'll just pick one of my own. But here we go. No, I will not leave thee. No, neither will I not utterly forsake thee. Another. No, I will not, excuse me, no, I will never leave thee, not I. I will never, never cast thee off. Another. I will in no wise give thee up or let thee go. I will not relax my hand, my hold on thee. And then one more. I will not, I will not leave thee. I will never, never, never forsake thee. And so to translate that, to bring that from, from the Greek, the original over into the English uh, vernacular is obviously, you can see, very difficult. For this lesson, uh, I like the idea, the thought of, I will never, no, not ever. If you can remember that, I will never, no, not ever. As you're reading the text, I will never, no, not ever. Maybe that will help us as we go through this the remainder of this lesson, um, God has gifted us with a, a promise that is forever. And in this passage that God has given to us, it's a, it's a passage that shows us a, a love of God and a power of God and a promise of God with absolutely no exception. It's like the agape love that God had for us. There was no way, there was nothing that could have stopped Jesus who loved the world from coming to the earth, living and dying for us, living a perfect life, and dying to be the propitiation, the complete or total sac- uh, sac- satisfaction and sacrifice of our God. There was nothing that could stop him. No, nothing at all could stop him for his great love with which he had for us. That agape love, we appreciate, we love, we understand to a certain extent. When we understand what God means when he says, I will never, no, not ever, leave thee or forsake thee. We, we can continue down into verse 8 and understand what Jesus says here in Hebrews 13 and verse 8. He says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today, yes and forever. In other words, what God is doing is God has given us a promise that is not only in our present, but also a promise that includes the past and a promise that includes our future, the right now and the tomorrow. I will never leave you. So the word leave. Anima, to leave behind, to abandon, to give up on, or to send back. The reason I want to give you this definition or this understanding of the word is because I want to put it all together for us uh, at the conclusion or throughout this lesson so that we may truly understand what God is trying to convey to us. So if God will never leave us, He will never abandon us, He will never give up on us or send us back, that means that God is always taking us along with Him. Forsake, to leave one in a helpless state, to disregard or to relax. And then the beginning where God says, I, that's the power of a promise. For none of us could say something like, I will never leave you, for we do not know what our tomorrow holds. And therefore we are not able to make that type of promise. But God gives us the power of a promise that represents our present, again, our past, our future, and greater than that, our eternal home forever. 
So the message of God, allow me just for a moment to, to convey it in the way that I see the passage uh, rendered to us. I will never, no, not ever leave you behind, abandon you, or give up on you, or send you back. I will never, no, not ever forsake you, leaving you in a helpless state, or disregard you, or relax my hand from you. That's what God is trying to say to us. That's the beauty of the passage. And I want to go back to do, uh, Daniel chapter 3. And I want you to think about for just a moment. We're going to drop right back into this passage uh, of, of Hebrews. But let's go back to Daniel chapter 3. Because here's the question. Even in our pandemic, and people are running scared and afraid. And thank you for the, the Bible class this morning and then the, uh, the opening, uh, James, this morning. And understanding we're not supposed to be fearful as God's people. Because we know that we still remain in the hollow of God's hands. And that God is in complete control. And that God is watching over us. And that God is protecting us. But you have to learn to trust God. And have faith and confidence in God. So the question is, in a, a trying moment like this. Or if you will, in a very difficult state of mind or situation. What does it look like for God to say, I will never, no, not ever leave you. I will never, no, not ever forsake you. I will never, no, not ever leave you in a helpless state or abandon you. And I go back to this passage in Daniel chapter 3. And I ask myself, what does this look like for God to have never left you, to have never forsaken you, to always been there with you, whether we can see Him or not. And obviously we cannot see God, but God is spirit. Daniel 3, when those young men stood up to Nebuchadnezzar, and Nebuchadnezzar was angry and infuriated, and those men spoke back to Nebuchadnezzar, and they had full trusting faith and confidence in God. And they said, if you will, these men said, even if God is not with us, even if God does not rescue us, we are not going to bow down. But God is always with us. And so listen to verse 23. The Bible says... But these three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, fell into the midst of the furnace of the blazing fire, still tied up. Then Nebuchadnezzar the king was astonished or astounded and stood up in the haste. And he responded and said to his high officials, Was it not three men we cast bound into the midst of the fire? Then he answered and said to the king, Certainly, O king. He answered and said, Look. I see four men loose and walking about in the midst of the fire without harm. And the appearance of the fourth is like the son of the gods. Wait a minute. Didn't we throw three men? They're not alone. There's another one in there. Verse 26. Then Nebuchadnezzar came near to the door of the furnace of the blazing fire. He responded and said, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, come out, you servants of the Most High God, and come here. Then Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came out in the midst of the, of the, midst of the fire. They were not alone. God was with them. They could have bowed down like everyone else. But... They held on to the promise of God that we are given the New Testament today. I will never, no, not ever leave you. Which means God has never 
left us. In fact, if you say to me today, I'll turn to Daniel 6. If you say to me today, today I don't feel as close to God as I did yesterday, let me promise you this, based on God's promise, it wasn't God who moved. God has never, nor will He ever, abandon His children. Verse 21. They, they, they made a, an edict, if you will, uh, a command. They said, you, you are not allowed to pray. If you pray to any God or, or anything, any subject, whatever, anything other than uh, the king and, and his statue, then you'll be thrown into the lion's den. And Daniel went on to pray to God as he formerly had. In Daniel chapter 6 and verse 21, what does it look like for God to have never left you? Verse 21, then Daniel spoke to the king, O king, live forever. My God sent his angels and shut the lion's mouths and they have not harmed me inasmuch as I was found innocent before him and also towards you. O king, I have committed no crime. Then the king was very pleased and gave orders for Daniel to be taken up out of the den. So Daniel was taken up out of the den and no injury whatever was found on him because he had trusted in his God. This morning, the question is, are you trusting in your God? God said, I will never, no, not ever leave you, nor will I ever forsake you. Are you trusting in God today? What does it look like for God to never leave us nor forsake us? Turn to Psalm 139. David tried to explain it to us. He tried to give us information about what it is. When it is when we are in the presence of our God, as we serve our God, what it is like to be with God. The Bible says in verse 1, O Lord, Thou hast searched me and known me. Thou dost know when I sit down and when I rise up. Thou dost understand my thoughts from afar. Thou dost scrutinize my path and my lying down and are intimately acquainted with all my ways. Even before there is a word on my tongue, behold, O Lord, Thou dost know it all. Thou hast enclosed me behind and before and laid thy hand upon me such knowledge is too wonderful for me it is too high I cannot attain to it where can I go from thy spirit or where can I flee from thy presence if I ascend to heaven thou art there if I make my bed in Sheol behold thou art there if I take the wings of the dawn if I dwell in the remotest parts of the sea, even there thy hand will lead me, and thy right hand will lay hold of me. If I say, surely the darkness will overwhelm me, and the light around me will be night, even the darkness is not dark to thee, and the night is as bright as the day. Darkness and light are alike to thee. What does it look like, God's people? When God is with us, remember as Israel crossed the Red Sea, where was God? In the front and behind. God is always with His people. And when you understand this, turn to Hebrews please, chapter 13. When you can comply to this, when you can say amen to this, when you truly understand this and you give your life to God, and you allow God to lead and direct and bless you, then you can say, Hebrews 13 and verse 6. The Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. What shall man do to me? How's your faith this morning, church? Turn to Deuteronomy, please, chapter 32. 
If God is with us, we have light in the midst of darkness. We have strength when we begin to faint. We have direction in all doubt. We have healing for every wound, an escape for every temptation, comfort for every sorrow, assurance for every despair. Brethren, if God is with us, we have a solution for every problem and an answer for every prayer. Listen to the passage in Deuteronomy 32 and verse 30. There the Bible says, How could one chase a thousand and two put ten thousands of light unless their rock had sold them and the Lord had given them up? How could one chase a thousand? Because God is with him. And when God is with us, who can stand against us? If God is with us, brethren, We have an answer before we pray. If God is with us, we have a victory in every trial. Turn to Matthew 28. If God is with us, there is an open door for every closed one. If God is with us, we find that we have a heaven to gain and a hell to shun. There is a heaven, Lord, and a great beyond. God has a heaven prepared for a prepared people. Are you ready to meet your God? How's your faith this morning, church? I will never leave you. I will never, no, not, ever leave you behind. I will never, no, not, ever abandon you. I will never, no, not, ever give up on you. I will never, no, not, ever send you back. I will never, no, not ever, forsake you. I will never, no, not ever, leave you in a helpless state. I will never, no, not ever, disregard you. I will never, no, not ever, relax my hand upon you. God is good all of the time. We serve a great God. And as true believers, we have to learn to trust and give God our heart our mind, our soul, give God our bodies, give God our all. Don't trust in yourself nor trust in man. Instead, trust in the great God. I will never leave you, God says, nor will I ever forsake you. Matthew 28 and verse 19. Not just in this life, but also the life to come. In verse 19, Jesus has been given all power. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And listen to what Jesus said. Teaching them to observe all things and lo, I'm with you all, even to the end of the age. I will never leave you, nor will I ever forsake you. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, please. 1 Thessalonians chapter Never trade the temporal for the eternal. And that's, that's where the struggle is, right? Church. Christians so often trade the temporal for the eternal. Temporal is exactly, exactly that. It's temporary. We're here temporarily. We are in a foreign land, passing through to go to the promised land to be with our God. 
The resurrection will come. But God is incomplete and total. And the Bible says in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, in answer to the question, did we miss the resurrection? No, we didn't miss the resurrection at all. Verse 16, the Bible says, For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and thus we shall always be with the Lord. Therefore, comfort one another with these words. The promise extends beyond this life. The promise meets us in eternity. Will you surrender your life to God? Your whole life. Give everything to God. May I just one last time read. I will never, God says, I will never, no, not ever, leave you. I'll never leave you behind. I will, I will never, no, not ever, abandon you. Have you ever been abandoned before in your life? You ever been abandoned? You ever been left behind you? I can't believe they left me. God says, I will never, ever abandon you. I will never give up on you. Have folks ever given up on you before? You ever heard you're never going to make it? God says, I'll never give up. I will never, no, not ever, send you back. You ever ask, why don't they want me? Not God. I will never forsake you. I will never, no, not ever, forsake you. I will never, no, not ever, leave you. Church, today we're in a helpless state, it feels like. And God says, no, you're not. Because I've not forsaken you. And so therefore, if God has not forsaken us, we are not in a helpless state. He says, I will never disregard you. I will never relax my hand from you. Brethren, we have the power of a promise. Never give up on God. The lesson is yours. I close with the question. As you are at home and you're worshiping God today, I close with the question. Church, how is your faith? May God bless the hearing and the reading of His holy in divine word. God bless you. Would you live for Jesus and be always pure and good? Would you walk with him within the narrow road? Would you have him bear your burden, carry all your load? Let him have his way with